This is Hash It Out, presented by Hash Sports. Let's go. Do you know what beef is? is? Uh-uh. Ask yourself. Uh-uh. Do you know what beef is? Ha 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 ha, check out this bizarre, rapper style used by me, the B.I.G. I put my key, you put your key in, money will be seen, we'll reach the fucking ceiling. Mmm, fade to black there, BVD, beautiful. Bet all you listeners out there are a little bit uh, surprised to hear just my voice to bring us in and not that loud Italian asshole you usually hear. Thank God. Uh, yeah, exactly. We're going, we're going chewless tonight. It's uh, BMAC here, I got Robo. On the other end, how we doing, Robo? I'm good, B-Max. Good to be back on. I haven't talked to y'all since the um, College Football Preview podcast, and uh, Clemson hosted the ball, and uh, I was pretty excited about that. So I guess it's not a ball anymore. It's a trophy, but whatever. Yeah, now it's like an actual trophy. Yeah. I like the crystal ball. Man, the ball was cool. I, I, that was kind of cool. I got kind of like the the crystal ball just holding up over your head. Looks like you won something. Now the trophy's just... Looks like a trophy. Looks like a participation trophy. And and Ben Bulware's weird ass decided he was gonna literally make out with that thing. Like he was acting like he was licking pussy when he was kissing that trophy. It was. Did you see the tattoo that he got? Of on his Achilles heel because he's the Achilles heel of the Clemson Tigers. He he's something else, man. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Doesn't that mean he's the weakness? That's 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 what I thought it meant. It was a direct response to something that Desmond Howard said during the season that. I guess their linebacking core was their Achilles heel. Oh, okay, okay. I, yeah, that's exactly what, okay. Wow. Now I see what you're saying. I knew Desmond Howard said it, but I thought Desmond Howard said it in a positive way. But like BMAC said, Achilles heel is a negative thing. So, Yeah, I mean, I guess technically it's something you can't play without. No. That's how I'd spin it. Well, I wouldn't say I got a tattoo because Desmond Howard said something on a fucking ESPN show. Speaking of Achilles heel. But that's just me. How about Rudy Gay, man? Sad. Ouch. I just hate that injury yeah. in general. I hate yeah. it. I just don't so like tough to come back from. I would, I would be crying. I'd be sobbing in the corner like my life is over. It's one of those injuries when, when it happens on the court, like when you see it. I remember Cam Wake a couple of years ago. I guess this was last season. Um, he did it um, in a Thursday night football game, and the player just knows, man, and like that you can just see the agony on their face. And I always just feel so bad for him because everyone always says it's like the toughest rehab to come back from. So Steve Smith did it, I think. That was bad because you like saw him. Somehow down. Steve Smith did that in like in like week eight or nine last year, and he played week one this year. Well, no, maybe he didn't play week one, but he like he close. played I mean, one of the first in, in the first month of the season Steve, and finished the season. Smith so that's just I, at at thirty eight years I old. I hate Steve Smith because he's a Panther, but he's a G. You got something there, BVD? Well, I was just saying, let's uh, get back on track. And uh, what are what are we going after first, BMAC? Oh, let's jump right into it. Uh, NBA. We got a uh, big news of the day that a uh, Westbrook, yeah, that Westbrook Durant rematch. Um, you're from Oklahoma. Why don't you bring us in? What uh, what do you think of it? Um, you know, I watched a little bit of the game. It was a little bit late for me, uh, but I saw Westbrook um, just basically trying to be the one-man show he is and turning the ball over quite a bit. And I saw Zaza, Zaza Pachulia, and uh, Zaza Pachulia came in the game and literally just forearm-shivered Russ to the court. Then he decided... He was going to stand over him and flex on him 
like Zaza Pachulia is any is anything of anything. And I know y'all have talked about this in the past couple shows. How how is that motherfucker? How is he one of the top five vote getters in the All Star game? Explain this to me, please. Higher than Russ. I mean, Zaza Pachulia. Because Zaza Pachulia is a fan favorite. I love Zaza. Well, he used to be. Now I now I fucking hate Zaza Pachulia. So um, he he lost one. I mean, he stood over Russell like he was the Undertaker. (laughs) He is. Have you seen that man? Have you seen that forehead? He is the Undertaker. I mean, I would love to see him and Stephen Adams go go at it with each other. I think that would be a good matchup. Stephen Adams doesn't seem like he feels pain. Like Stephen Adams seems like the guy that's just like, oh, crikey, that croc. Oh man, I almost dunked on that crocodile. He almost bit me like off. That would have been hilarious. Stephen Adams, you can't say nuts on live television. <laughs> you know what? You know everybody in Stephen Adams' family is above like six six. Like even his sisters, they're all like Olympic athletes. You mean all? You mean all twenty of them? So Zaza Pachulia, though, like the only thing that he didn't do to complete his Undertaker was the little, the, like the eyelid thing. Like if he would have done that, I just, I, I would have lost it. And I mean, that that would have been the end of like my life. Sit over him with his hands on his chest for one, two, three. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Just, if he just, the eyes rolled back and then like a lightning bolt comes down, boom, and some like just dark I mean, mist and clouds. Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was just uncalled for, man. But Jim Ross just screaming in the background. Did you, did you hear Russ after the game say that he was going to get him back? Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, I think he called yeah, him a bitch yeah. ass. I mean, I would have called him a bitch ass too. It was it was it was just a cheap shot, dude. I mean, he was just running. You know, he was trying to. It was it was a pick and roll situation. And Russ was and Zaza went over the screen, obviously, and just literally forearm shivered him. And yeah, Russ flopped a little bit and writhed and pain on the ground, but still wasn't cool. No, nah, definitely cool. wasn't a basketball play. Zaza, that's what it Zaza was a headhunter is what it was. I love Zaza. I don't care. Yeah, so that was probably the only entertaining thing about last night's game because the Thunder got blown out for the second time. I mean, they're just, this they're just season much better than, to I mean, the Warriors. Dude, they were better than us when when Kevin Durant was on our team, and now they have Kevin Durant. So now, yeah, they're much better than us. So, so Durant, it's sad, man. Durant put uh, forty points up. I think I saw. It of course, was, he did. Uh, forty points is season high, and mm. his old season yeah. high was thirty nine points, which was also against Set against the Thunder. the Thunder. Yep, saw that coming. Um, I well, I did see two very awesome things, and I didn't watch very much of the game because I'm just inevitability of it. But uh, I did see Kevin Durant blow, blow a wide open, a wide open like a dunk I've seen him make, legitimately a thousand times, and it was just clunk, and I'm rejected by the rim, and I, I I didn't laugh harder than I have in a long time. Loved that. But like you said, forty points. Uh, he missed three shots. That was one of them. So just take that for what yeah, it is. He also went thirteen. Yeah, he was thirteen of sixteen, and uh, one of those was a wide open dunk that he got rejected by the rim. And also, uh, someone explain to me because I'm I'm sure a lot of a lot of y'all have seen this out there. Um, Russell Westbrook, man, like, like did he think he was Cam Newton or something? Like he, he was literally just like walking the ball, like 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 it was a football, and just just walking up the court in the backcourt. I mean, I mean, BMAC, explain to me like what 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 was he thinking in that moment? I mean, I don't really know, but that was the worst. That was one of the worst I've ever seen. The only other thing I can think of is when you remember Lamar Odom when he played for the Lakers, like was inbounding the ball. And after they like somebody, their Lakers were playing the Bucks or something. The Bucks score. Lamar Odom takes the ball and just 
goes tups, touches out of bounds to pass it in, but just doesn't. He just takes like four or five steps up to like the free throw line and then like oh, throws gosh, the ball. Yes, in. I do remember like, that. That's that, evil. that that was pretty great as well. I mean, like, what are these guys thinking, man? I, I mean, I think he's just not. You know, just, they're not thinking is what it is. Not and if I could, if I had to think that little about putting up a triple double, I mean, I couldn't even believe it. And the guy just takes his mind off the game for four six steps. Did you hear what Steph Curry said after the game? He said, I guess six steps is the, uh, yeah. is the limit. I mean, in the NBA, it probably really is the limit. Six steps. Jeez. Yeah, everybody was just like, ah, take the ball off the court. Let's play ball. Okay, play so so let's just quickly go over this because it, it needs to be mentioned. Like you said, he, Russell Westbrook uh, – um, actually, I don't think you mentioned this. But Russell Westbrook, tonight the uh, all-star starters were named, and Russell Westbrook was not one of them. He was um, out out – whatever voted or however they however the hell they do it um it was Harden and Curry in the backcourt the Thunder have played 44 games this year okay they're 25 and 19 that's not great but out of those 44 games how many of those do you think Russell Westbrook has had a triple double in 21 21 that is correct (laughs) 21 so literally almost half of the games he's played this season he's had a triple double in that's preparation baby I don't know the exact stats off the top of my head, but I bet you, if you combine the rest of the NBA all together, how many triple doubles they've had, I think it's probably, if it's not if it's not like um, definitely less, then then it's within one or two of of Westbrook's number. I mean, it's it's crazy. Well, I think I think Harden has <clears throat> I think Harden has thirteen or fourteen. Um, oh yeah, I forgot about throw Harden. Him. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Harden does have a lot. Yeah, and and then Giannis has at least five, so you're probably right. The rest of the NBA probably does have. Either way, he's one human being, and what's a, what, what are his what are his numbers? Read his numbers off to me. Uh, thirty point six points per game, ten point five rebounds per game, and ten point six assists. It might be ten point six rebounds, ten point five assists. Whatever the point is, is it's literally a thirty ten and ten triple double. Either way, when I Round up as I was taught. When I was taught in second grade to round up, he averages 31, 11, and 11, is what you're telling me? And he's not starting the All-Star game? And, I, I mean, I mean, Curry Curry is, you know, one of the... Even, I don't even know where to go. I don't even know where to go besides that. I mean, it I doesn't mean, matter. The only thing that would matter is if two other guys were putting up a triple double. Yeah, I mean, for me, he's a front runner for the MVP. Um, I don't care how he's bad... Be. I don't care how bad his team is. Um, it doesn't matter. I mean, there's not people that can just put up those stats. Well, I mean, we're not stats guys, but I think that's pretty good. Um, there hasn't been someone to average a triple double in 55 years since the Big O did it. So, for someone and that was a different era where where teams had 140 possessions. Regardless, no one's done it in 55 years. Right. Right. So, I mean, for for someone to to have those stats and you know, to be kind of the front runner for the MVP, to not put him in the starting lineup, you know, I think is absolutely ridiculous. But averaging a triple double in this day and age is so much more impressive than it was back then. That's what I'm saying because there were so many more possessions that, I mean, when O did it, exactly. and O's my favorite player of all time. But come on, he's the man. I love him. Two K thirteen. Yeah, I swagged on him when when I used to play y'all with him and him and Kareem. Mm, <laughs> don't even don't even go there. Let's. I don't want to start this two K talk, but yeah, we can't go. We can't go too deep. <laughs> no, we can't talk about the, the old school two K talk. This could, be, 
this could be an, its own podcast. Yeah, we should start the uh, the Mac and Robo 2K podcast show. <laughs> we'll work on the name. That's gonna come to. That's, it's a good thing we're doing that from. It's a good thing we're doing this from uh from different rooms. That might come to fisticuffs. Yes. No. I mean, friends it, get angrier than when they play 2K together. It really might. I mean, I mean that 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 was that was definitely one of my teams. Them them and the Bad Boy Pistons. That was uh, the two mm. teams I like to rock the most. But. Uh, mm. um, Real quickly, two questions. All right. First of all, all right, go for it. Oh no, no, no. You go ahead, because my two questions are going to wrap this wrap this whole thing up. I was just going to say that. So the starters for the West are James Harden, Steph Curry, yes, uh, Anthony Davis, yes, uh, and who else out there? Kawhi and of course Durant, the asshole. Yeah, coward. Yeah. What do you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, a, a, a great starting five, but I, I mean, so here, so that question will now feed into my question, my first question: uh, Is there a conspiracy of why Russell Westbrook is not starting the All Star game? Because I was just about to say the Isaiah Thomas Dream Team conspiracy. No, there's I a mean, conspiracy. Isn't Kerr the uh, head coach for the Western Conference? Um, I mean, I'm pretty sure they they have um, a sizable lead in the conference over. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I don't know. I I don't think the Spurs are gonna make up three and a half games between now and the All Star game here in a couple weeks. So, um, either way, I call conspiracy. I call. Can you imagine Westbrook and Durant starting for the same team? And, and so that, that's why I'm like confused. So. Wouldn't the NBA think that would get more viewers? I don't know, but it seems like there's a conspiracy here. Yeah, Why is Westbrook not? Why is Westbrook not starting? I mean, okay, Curry is have is having a good season. Okay, he's averaging 26 points, eight rebounds for. I'm sorry, eight assists and, and uh, four rebounds a game. All right, those are good numbers. Let me let me let me just name. Let me just give you somebody else's stats. I'm just we're just gonna do a blind blind taste test challenge. I mean, we're not okay? stats guys, but you know, go for it. All right. 28 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Pretty similar to what Curry's doing? Yeah. Okay, that's DeMar DeRozan. Okay. Uh, DeMar DeRozan. I mean, he's probably, what, the third or fourth best shooting guard in the NBA? Okay. So, my point being here is that DeMar's averaging, you know, roughly the pretty same similar season. stats. Roughly, roughly the same season. DeMar wouldn't sniff the starting lineup in the West. Yes, he is starting it for the East, but he would not sniff the starting lineup in the West. No. I'm going to break it down for you just like this. This is exactly why Westbrook's not starting. Zaza Pachulia got the second most fan votes. Any <laughs> player in the NBA, <laughs> and he plays for who? The Golden State Warriors, okay? So they obviously have their fair share of fans, and fans get, what, yeah. 50% of the votes? So that's why Russell Westbrook is not starting for the West. I'm telling you, Isaiah Thomas dream team snub theory. He didn't want MJ didn't want to play with Isaiah. Probably is. I mean, probably Durant. Yeah, probably. Probably. And I mean, Durant's been pretty pretty politically correct about saying all the right things about about Westbrook. But I mean, I think it's pretty clear that Westbrook and Durant are not cool. No, they're not cool, right? No, get the, of course. I mean, Russ said last night Good. he's like, I still haven't spoken to him. Good. I remember. So I'm, yeah. Fuck that little baby! Fuck that little baby back bitch, Durant. Wanna, Let's move on. He is wanna, playing real good wanna, ball this year. Okay, second. What's the, what's the se- second one? Second question. To wrap this up, all right. Will Westbrook average a triple double after eighty-two games have been played this year? No. I think I'm with you, B Mac. BVD. 
um, barring injury. I don't see why not. So tough. It's the rebounds I'm concerned about, man. He has 21 triple doubles right now in what 43 games, 44 games. Yeah, nah, I don't see why games. not. So just so just about so just about half the games he's and. These aren't baby triple doubles either. When he triple doubles, he's going forty-one, seventeen, and thirteen. Like, you know, it, it's it's not like the 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 Robo two K special where I get like a fifteen, ten, and ten with somebody. Like, no, he like these are monster big daddy triple doubles that he's putting up, and it's just the rebounds, man. I just a six three point guard averaging ten rebounds in a season. That's just eight. Yeah, eight. But I just I don't know the dog days of February and March. I'm just not sure he's going to be giving it the same. I mean, I just I just think to average a triple double for every thirty, ten and ten, or for thir- for every thirty five, uh, eleven and eleven game, you need a twenty five nine yeah. and nine game. And so even when you don't get a triple double, you pretty much need to get a triple right. double. Yeah, and and that's. Yeah really 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 hard to do there's a reason nobody's done it in 55 years and it's not and it's not because the guy it's it's not because the players aren't good enough it's just because because the players are too good right well he's the most athletic player in the NBA so if anyone can do it I mean he can obviously we'll see I would love to watch greatness that would be tight as shit I mean I'm I'm trying I'm literally looking through the schedule right now to try to find a game where he didn't okay so like against the Clippers a couple nights ago um I mean Oklahoma City did lose by 20 points but I mean, he was twenty-four, four, and five. A couple more of those games, and I just, I, I don't think, I don't think the triple-double average is gonna is gonna happen. Yeah. What do you need a thirty-six, fifteen and fifteen for that? I mean, yeah. I mean, well, luckily, luckily, over the course of a eighty-two game season, the, the one twenty-four, four, and five game isn't gonna submarine you. But I mean, most yeah. of the games where he doesn't triple-double, like you said, B Mac, he's he's double-doubling, and then the the one that he doesn't have is usually seven, eight. So that's why yeah. that's why it is kind of where it is right now. I'd love to see it though. Oh, oh, I would cool. definitely love to see it. Just just a big fuck you to Kevin Durant. It's what what it would be like. Like like you all these people always thought that 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 you made me and really maybe I made you. Yeah. Speaking of greatness, I would love um you know what I love? What's that? Fucking baseball. Uh and we have a reason to talk about baseball. We do. We do. So, NBA, we gave it 20 minutes this week. This is a, yeah. you know, well, I mean, that's about as much as we Westbrook with missing the, uh, missing the um, all-star game as a starter, he's going to be in the game. But, I mean, that's a big deal. So, tell us about the Hall of Fame inductees, BMAC. Hall of Fame inductees. God damn it, Ben. <laughs> it's, oh, it just hits it on the money right there. Yeah, sure did. Background PVD. Uh, hopefully, it never leaves. You know, um, yeah. Hall of Fame this week. Uh, so three people are going: Bagwell, Pudge Rodriguez, and Tim Raines. Uh, the least known, probably for the generation that listens to this podcast, is Tim Raines, who made it on his tenth and final ballot. If you don't know how the Hall of Fame balloting works, basically, as soon as you're eligible, you're up for vote. If you make it to the ballot, you have ten ballots. Ten years only. If you don't make it after those ten years, fuck off forever. That's basically what baseball says. And so Tim... Really, forever. There's no way, like, 25 years down the road... You don't make it back in. You just can't get back in. You get ten... Now, there's some years where you don't make the ballot that doesn't count. 
and so you get or maybe it's 10 years from the first ballot that you uh that you get on um but either way tim Raines makes it cool i like it uh but i also think that tim Raines may be the biggest single uh i guess benefiter of the steroid era to where they're not letting these guys in like Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens, who mm-hmm. clearly numbers wise are stats wise are first ballot. the greatest players who have ever lived. And so since they can't vote these these guys in, Tim Raines gets in. And I love it anyway, because Tim Raines is kind of a boss. I mean, what like correct me if I'm wrong, you know, like Tim Raines was was kind of in the generation where, where I really was big into baseball. Like he, he had a stint with, with with the Yankees, didn't he? Okay, that was toward the end of his career. All right, that was more like when he was, you know. So his major, so his major prowess was before we were even born. Just FYI. Oh, he could uh, steal some bags. He could steal some. There was a time oh where my Tim God, he had a ninety steal season. There was there was time there was a couple of years where you can't throw out Tim Raines. Tim Raines oh, gets honored. Ninety. So just to put that in perspective, ninety stolen bases. Yeah, 90. a good the good year by anyone's standards is two hundred hits. Now, if okay. you get two hundred hits in a season, most likely, unless you're Ichiro back in two thousand one, you're not getting two hundred singles. You're hitting some doubles, and Tim Raines hit some home runs too because he was a freak athlete. Um, and so to steal yeah, ninety bases, never had never had more than eighteen in a season. Tim Raines never had more than eighteen. I know. I was surprised too. Either way, 18 I guess Ricky Henderson was more of a 30 home run guy at some point. Yeah, but either yeah, way, yeah. Tim Raines. I mean, to get to steal 90 bases when you're on first, maybe what I mean, 200 times in a season, including walks. If uh, if you're a real speed guy and you're laying down drag buns and everything like that, to steal 90 bags in a season is ridiculous. Nobody steals 90 bags anymore. Nobody. Nobody comes close. And so, I mean, just to, you know, I like to see players like that. I like to see players like that get in who really, over a career, that's another thing in baseball that's a huge aspect, is really putting together an entire career. If you play 11 good years, Andrew Jones, you might not make it into the Hall of Fame. And so, me, congratulations, Tim Raines. Let me just let me just say something really quickly. He led the led the MLB in stolen bases four straight years. One of those was the ninety, was the um, was the ninety year. He also had a batting title, hitting uh, three thirty four in nineteen eighty six. He looks like he had six or seven straight All Star appearances. All this is all for the Expos. Um, led the league twice in runs. So I mean, yeah, like I mean. He's probably not the most deserving Hall of Fame Hall of Fame player on the list, but that I mean that's that's a pretty solid career in the in the Major League Baseball. He also played for I don't know what are we looking twenty two years. years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Played for the Expos, the White Sox, the Yankees, the Athletics, mm-hmm. the Expos again, mm-hmm. then the Orioles, and, and the, the Marlins. That's what I'm saying. You got to put a full to, full career together to uh, be considered to be in the Hall of Fame. So, congratulations, Tim Raines. Also, one of my favorite players, Pudge Rodriguez, of course. Um, Pudge. Pudge. Uh, Pudge, Pudge, who had some steroid implications as well. So that may be a step uh, into the direction of letting some of these guys in: Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, McGuire, all those guys. Who I'm getting. I'm like at first I was like, no way, don't let these guys in. I flopped 
flip-flopped like 200 times on this. I don't know. I don't know whether you let these guys in. I don't know how you can really keep... Uh, the point I heard today was, I don't know how you can keep Pete Rose, the all-time hits leader, out. Barry Bonds, the all-time home run leader, out. And Roger Clemens, the all-time Cy Young leader, out. I mean, how can you really keep those three guys out of your Hall of Fame, which is supposed to include all of your best players? I mean, can you really have those three guys not be in your Hall of Fame? I hate to say it. No, I mean, it, it's the era. It's, yeah. you know, it's a steroid yeah. era. Everyone did steroids. And that's... And if you didn't, then you weren't any good and you didn't make yeah. any money. So if they leave those guys out, they should at least have a separate wing to the hall of fame. That's just the steroid guys, but at least put them in, you know, just yeah, have a I separate mean, more, wing. There was, more, but like I there, more and more, I think of, uh, I used to think of Barry Bond saying, dude, you would have been in the hall of fame if you didn't get enormous in 2001. Um, and then I mean I mean he probably no. would have. He he was a good player before before he started juicing. He hit seventy three home runs when he was like thirty five. That's well, ridiculous. Juice. Exactly. No, but like still to hit it when when you hit seventy three home runs when you're thirty five and you hit like three hundred home runs when you're thirty five to forty. I mean that's that is absolutely you know, insane. Humans, is that that's really the that. number? Wow. Yeah, I mean that's he hit like seventy three home runs and then like sixty home runs and then like sixty home runs, and sixty home runs. I mean, it's guy just kept hitting home runs. And I mean, some of his numbers, I mean, they're even. I don't care if you took every steroid in the world, he hit seventy three home runs in one season and he got walked like two hundred times. I mean, every hit he had was like a home run. That's impossible. It doesn't matter how many steroids you take. To be able to do that is incredible. Let him in. Yeah, taking steroids doesn't make your hand-eye coordination better. No. I mean, the biggest reason I don't want to let him in is because he's kind of an asshole. And always has been. But I'm not... I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to end this segment without also giving a huge shout-out to Jeff Bagwell, baby. Love Jeffy Bags. He always, you know, people wanted to think Jeff Bagwell's on steroids when maybe he was. I don't know. But he also needed to be on steroids because he played in the Astrodome for most of his career, which was fucking gargantuan. That thing was like 425 down the lines. I mean, what do you want the guy? And he hit, still hit like 40 home runs a year in that stadium. You know, I, I always so, thought Jeff Bagwell was like 5'5 five, five, just because of his batting stance. I'm looking him up on Wikipedia right now. Six foot. Oh no! What is he like? Six two? Six three? <laughs> six foot. I mean, but just because of his batting stance, I always thought he was like you know five six, five seven, five eight. You know what he was? Incredible base runner. Few people, a mm-hmm. uh, few people remember that he was a really, really, really good base runner. He was very athletic when he was younger. Maybe he did take steroids. He probably did, but so did everybody else. So cool. Let him in. Get some bombs. Um, Before so we the, move on, congrats to the uh, to those Hall of Fame guys. Um, awesome career, you guys deserve it. Before we move on to the next segment, we got to pay the bills. So um, we're going to come back after this ad and get straight into the NFL playoffs. So love it. What's up, fellas? Wanted to talk to you about my friends over at Shinesty. Probably the most ridiculous clothing company you'll ever come across in your entire life. Um, they've got everything from NFL team suits to ski onesies. Uh, Mardi Gras is coming up, and I think Valentine's Day as well. 
So you should get cracking on that. Um, they've got suits for both occasions um, and other outfits. If you're in college and you need something for a date party, don't look like a loser. Go to shinesty.com and uh, use the promo code HASH for 20% off your first order and probably every other order after that. So, again, go to shinesty.com, S-H-I-N-E-S-T-Y.com. You may like the way you look, but we do not guarantee it. Shinesty. Ooh, that is a smooth promo there, BVD. I love it. Especially the Shinesty there at the end. Who is that? Thank you. Is that you? Um, well, that, God, yeah. I love that. That's uh, but yeah, go check that website out. That's they got some they got some really cool stuff on there. They're kind of blowing up, which I love because it's Whitey and those boys. But they got some really cool stuff. Got some athletes wearing it, so dress like the athletes. Yeah, and tune into uh, MTV. They uh, they kick off their show, their MTV show this spring. So look out for that. That's right. Yeah, they got their own TV show, so they're probably doing something right. Um, but we're gonna head into what everybody wants to hear about, which is the NFL, which the playoffs are getting down to the conference championship games, uh, which are going to be featuring uh, Zulo's Pats, which we don't have to talk about because he's not here. <laughs> uh, Thankfully, the, yeah, all we'd hear is Tom Brady dick-sucking. Oh, yeah, which we can get into that a little bit later. Um, but the Pats beat the Texans. The Steelers beat the Chiefs. Uh, so they'll be facing off in the AFC Championship. The Packers beat the Cowboys, and the Falcons beat the Seahawks. Fuck yeah to go to the NFC Championship. Uh, so let's stick it to the AFC. Uh, Pats beat the can Texans I, of everybody. Can I, give my two minute, can I give my two-minute rant, please, as a Cowboys fan? All right, let's start with the NFC. Two minutes. Give, give me two Cowboys. minutes. First of all, first of all, I have three or four points I want to make. First of all, that was not pass interference on the Jeff Heath interception. I don't know how you can call that pass interference. That was 15 yards over the receiver's head. No chance he was catching that ball. The only player that was catching that ball was Jeff Heath, and he did catch the ball. Secondly, the spike. Now, in in real time, I I just I, I wondered why you have you have a timeout. The last thing you want is to let Aaron Rodgers have the ball. Like you you want to have the ball last when you're playing Aaron Rodgers. You don't want Aaron Rodgers to have the ball last. So don't understand the spike. It's it, it's not college, Jack. Rookie mistake. Third. How did Aaron Rodgers not fumble that ball on that Jeff Heath sack on second down? Like, like he did, did? Did he have like glue on his hands? Like, how, how did how did he not fumble that football? He can do no wrong right and now. And finally, and finally, that fucking throw to Jared Cook. Just one, just one of the best throws I've ever seen. Everyone's you know talking about Jared Cook and the catch. The ball hit him right in the hands because it was a perfect laser of a throw. So, let's just go right in to me asking you this question, Brian. How scared of you of Aaron Rodgers on Sunday afternoon? Uh, I was more scared before the playoffs began. Mostly because the biggest issue with the Falcons has been Matt Ryan in the playoffs. Which is not... It's not a lie when people were saying he can't win in the playoffs. He played terrible in some of the playoff games he had uh, before playing Seattle this past weekend. Um, he but carved this team is, them up, bro. 338, three touches. He, carved. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers and what he's done since week 12, running the table, 
getting to the playoffs, beating uh, the Cowboys, um, beating whoever they beat before the Giants. I mean, that's the Giants were a good team too. They had to beat the Giants, the Cowboys. Now they have to go to Atlanta and beat the Falcons to get to the Super Bowl. If they can do that, then hats off. I mean, well, that's a that's a tough run to the Super Bowl. But I would think that the Falcons. I mean, our team is flat out walking into that Seattle game. Went to the game, by the way. Walking into that, I've never been in a place that electric, uh, especially for a Falcons game. It was. It's never been like that. Be Matt, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Atlanta sports fans are kind of finicky. You know, they're a little apathetic at times. The Hawks are the definition of NBA mediocrity, and you know the Braves have been kind of sadly irrelevant for the last what 10, 15 years. I mean, I'm trying to be nice here, um, but obviously the Braves haven't been very good in a while. So, Ouch. now that college football, which we all know rules the, the southeastern portion of the United States, now that college football is wrapped up and over, there's only one thing on, on Atlanta's mind right now, and it's the Falcons. And you're absolutely right. Even on TV, you could tell that place was going crazy. So, I think... Everyone was standing the entire yeah, game. I, I, I think that's... I think... It's right. It's an Atlanta... That's not an Atlanta thing. A... We like to watch the game on TV. Okay, that's fair. I don't want to go there, and because you have to go to a terrible place to see a game, which is downtown Atlanta. Which the only way to get there is to fight through mm. nauseating, terrible, excruciating traffic to get down there. Yeah, or you can take Marta, now, which is a load of fun too. You yeah. can take Marta, so, but the only way to get to Marta because it doesn't go anywhere is to fight through traffic to yeah. get to a Marta station. Now, this Falcons team seems 100%. They just seem different. And everybody wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers and what he's done since Week 12. Matt Ryan has played just as well. Literally, look at the... If you look at just statistically, which we're not stats guys, but just statistically, he's played almost the exact same with maybe two less interceptions over the same span. Um, So, I I mean, for the the season, Matt Ryan's... 4,950 yards, 38 touchdowns, 7 picks. Um, MVP. Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, he, Zulo keeps talking about Brady as MVP. I guarantee, I will make a proclamation guarantee right here on this show, Matt Ryan's winning the MVP. Rodgers was 4,400 yards, 40 touchdowns, 7 picks. Yeah. So, yards-wise, Ryan had him beat. Touchdowns um, was obviously Rodgers by a couple, and interceptions was the exact same. And, you know, our offense was just almost unstoppable the entire year. And now the defense is coming around. These young guys have – they're not really rookies anymore. They've played 16 games. They're – They have, they like have a playmaker. Almost like they're into their second season, except they haven't had that off season yet. But they have, I mean, something about them. These guys just think they can win. They play just like that Seahawks D did when they, when they started going – uh, to championships that Seahawks D we didn't have we don't have the same players they did but these guys yeah, just fly the not. ball and that's it just that's all they I mean, do they just fly to the ball I think the big thing with the Atlanta defense is that they have a playmaker at every level you got Vic Beasley coming off the edge led the NFL in sacks this year Deion Jones out of LSU has been a revelation of linebacker I know he has at least two pick sixes this season and he's just you know like he's everywhere because I'm sure I'm I'm pretty sure he ran a four five forty, so he's one of the fastest linebackers in the NFL. And then Keanu Neal uh, is Cam Chancellor two So 
when you have a playmaker at every level of your defense, it's it's it makes up for a lot of the other eight guys. I don't I don't know if I can name three of the other eight guys that that are on the team now that Desmond Trufant's out for the year. Um, I guess Brian Poole, undrafted free agent, he's played pretty all right uh, as a slot corner. But uh, my point is that th- that those every every single level of defense has a guy that can make a play on any on on any given play, and and that gives you a chance on defense, at least a chance, even though they're not they're not the best defense remaining. They're probably probably third or fourth best defense remaining. I they mean, still have those guys. So Thomas Dimitrov, and they're very well coached. Yeah, Thomas Dimitrov, um, before uh, this year, basically Arthur Blank came out and he said, I want three starters on defense from this draft. And uh, Dimitrov lost some of his like general manager powers because we were going down the wrong path. Thomas Dimitrov in the last two years now has brought in Vic Beasley, the NFL leader in sacks. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh Brings in Deion Jones, Keon O'Neal, Brian Poole, undrafted free agent, who is having an incredible season. Um, Deion Jones and Keon O'Neal led all rookies in tackles, both of them. They were one and two. They were within. They were yeah. They were within one tackle of each other, and they led all rookies in tackles. So I mean, boom, nail right on the head, Thomas Dimitrov, right on the head. Keon O'Neal brings the the lumba. I love Keanu Neal. Keanu Neal is becoming a folk hero around Atlanta. I mean, he just puts his... He throws his dick in there harder than anybody I've ever seen. Literally. I mean, I I, I love the guy. I, he needs to start becoming a folk hero around the NFL. I mean, oh, I, I think people enough. are slowly kind of coming around on, on Neal. But, like, since he is a rookie, like we talked about, the buzz isn't... I mean, but the buzz, when, like, when he makes kind of like a, a Landon Collins leap from I mean because Landon Collins was was not great last year for the Giants but he was obviously a defensive player of the year candidate this year for the Giants I think he's going to have a similar kind of leap next year Ke- Keanu Neal will and then everyone in America will know his name because he's I mean he's he's a better version of Cam Chancellor I mean I know he's, it's very early in his career very early in his career to say that Cam Chancellor's an established veteran but Cam Chancellor's coverage has always been a liability and I don't think Keanu Neal is nearly the liability uh, Chancellor's in coverage yeah and so what do you think about that what do you think about the game what do you think unbiased um your unbiased opinion meaning yeah I so, am totally biased so what's your unbiased no opinion? yeah no no, of course, and I'm going to ask your opinion as well. Um, I think that the the Packers are going to have to score the ball almost every time they have it, and and if they don't, then I don't think they stand a chance because because the Packers' defense is 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 not good. They they were daring the Cowboys to run the football last week, and and you'd think if a team is daring you to do what you are the best in the NFL at doing that you would do it, but the Cowboys just refused to do it, and frankly, I don't blame them, because Dak was thrown to wide open dudes, like, there was, there was nobody within five yards of some of these throws that he was making, that throw to Dez, man, that was a beauty, what do you think Julio Jones is gonna, I mean, Dez is a great receiver, don't get me wrong, but Julio, yeah, he's a little nicked up, but Julio's on a different stratosphere than Dez Bryant, and, and it pains me to say that, Ladarius Gunther, they keep they keep putting Ladarius Gunther in these in these man on man situations with no safety help over the top, and I, I just wonder like like when is this going to stop? Like, 
Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Des Bryant, all those guys are great. But at the end of the day, we have Julio and you don't. And that is the bottom line that every single Falcons fan walks into an Atlanta game is that we have Julio and you can't stop him. And so for that, give me the Falcons against Rodgers and the Packers. The, the, the only way Julio can be stopped is by Julio because he has a tendency to not be able to stay on the field. Um, Rodgers is playing great ball. They don't have a running game, though, man. Think, think. I know this was eight weeks ago. I know, you know, that, that that's a lifetime in NFL terms. The Cowboys beat the Packers pretty soundly in Lambeau, what, eight, eight weeks or so um, before they played last week. But Rodgers was the leading rusher in that football game. And the, and the Packers lost by one point, and Rodgers played perfectly. He had 265-plus yards and four touchdowns. He also had no Ty Montgomery in that game, and I believe uh, maybe no Randall Cobb. He, no I, Randall Cobb. He might have had Randall Cobb. No Randall Cobb, but they had Jordy Nelson. But they had Jordy Nelson, and and I just saw that Devontae Adams popped up on the injury report, so that's a little concerning because... If he doesn't have, I mean, at, at some point, man, at some point, the, these injuries are going to catch up to him, man. I mean, they have to. I was going to say the most, the thing, the weird thing about this game is that I think the team you can count on more is kind of the Falcons. And yeah. this game kind of comes down to whether or not Aaron Rodgers can make that the play that takes him to the Super Bowl. And... I'm just hoping he doesn't, and let's go Falcons. Yeah, it's going to have to be more than one, man. He's going to have to – I mean – It's mean, him versus I mean, Falcons. Yeah, that's that's what this game yeah, is. Yeah, sadly it is. I mean, the Falcons are – I mean, they're the best offense in the NFL, and I know Zulo is going to f- fucking freak when he hears that, but, but it, it, it's true because they have the best running back tandem in the NFL – they have a, a nice collection of, of wide receivers led by who I think skills wise is probably the best wide receiver in the NFL. And uh, and Matt Ryan is just he's playing out of his mind. Dude, Kyle, Kyle Shanahan got through to him and Kyle Shanahan has been probably the assistant coach of the year in the NFL this year. So Absolutely. Take um, the Falcons? I have to take the Falcons because yeah, I think I I, I I think it's first one I think it's first one to score 35 wins this game and I think Atlanta can get some get more stops than than uh Green Bay will. Yeah, very excited. I'll be there. For real? You're going? The Georgia Dome's closing, man. This is it. This is the last game. It's all over. And and I was just I, I was going to mention yeah, I was going to mention that earlier, man. So what kind of send-off would this be for the Falcons to make their second second level. Super Bowl? I mean, it is going to the ground if that game, if we win that game, yeah, and yeah, it's going to the ground. Go to the Super Bowl. Some guy on the some guy in the radio earlier said they won't need to they won't need to bring a wrecking ball in if they win this game because we'll tear it down. Yeah, there's gonna be a riot, dude. I mean, but I I I just think Atlanta they just they're such a matchup nightmare for for every defense remaining in the playoffs, but especially Green Bay who just. And like I said, insists on leaving those cornerbacks out on a, out on an island. Who, who knows what Green Bay's defensive game plan is going to be coming into this game? Last week they dared the Cowboys to run, but they were also up twenty-one to three. I don't think there's any chance in hell that Green Bay is up twenty-one to three against the Falcons. So the Falcons can stay balanced, use that one-two punch of Freeman and Coleman, who have been de- devastating all year. Who also, I mean, 
let's be real, man. Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, they're the same player, except for Tevin Coleman is 25 pounds heavier. So you don't lose much when Freeman goes off the field and Coleman comes on the field. Oh, yes. Trust me, I could talk about the Falcons this whole fucking podcast here. I mean, yeah, dude, I'm 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 infatuated I'm with the in. Falcons because that all, but I just wish their defense was better. Straight up, I just I'm, I wish they had I do too. Preaching the choir. One, one more like like I wish Desmond Trufant was health, healthy and I wish they had one more piece that I would wish give me Dwight Franey was 5 years younger. But dude, even Dwight Freeney comes in, gives him seven to ten snaps of productive pass rush a game. You know, sure does. We're going too deep into Falcons here. We're going too deep. We're going. We're going into Dwight Freeney. So we're both taking the Falcons here onto yeah. the AFC. Uh, Pats versus Steelers. Um, Pats beat the Texans. That was, I mean, yeah, that happened. Of course it did. Oh, hey, um, are we sure the Patriots are good? Yes, we are sure. Because yes. let me, uh, and I'm going to do this very quickly because I know we're uh, running a little bit long. Let me give you just a couple, just a little sampling of the quarterbacks that the Patriots have faced this year. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Carson Palmer, Ryan Tannehill, Brock Osweiler, Tyrod Taylor. I've named one one quarterback that played well in 2016 so far. Um, I believe it was Ja. I mean, uh, who was who? Who's who's the rookie for the Browns? Uh, oh, sorry, it was Charlie Whitehurst that game. So Charlie Whitehurst, Andy Dalton, Landry Jones, uh, Tyrod again, Rus- Russell Wilson, um, who beat them, Colin Kaepernick, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Case Keenum, Joe Flacco, Trevor Simeon, Bryce Petty, I believe, in that second Jets game, Ryan Tannehill. Brock Osweiler. They have played one quarterback that any of us would consider among the top ten in his position, right? Correct? I mean, yes, Palmer had an amazing 2015. Palmer was a bad quarterback this year. He was yeah. a bottom third of third in the league. Like, I mean, he was obviously better than, like, Osweiler, but he wasn't much better than Joe Flacco this year, so. They played one good quarterback. One. And they lost that game at home. Now, to play devil's advocate, they didn't lose. It's not like they lost any of them. They were they went fourteen and two. I mean, they lost. They lost to the best quarterback they played at home, coming off a bye. They lost to the best, the best quarterback they played at home, coming off a bye, and they lost one game with Jacoby Brissett. It's yeah. the Patriots. How many? This is what is their, their sixth AFC championship in no, a no, row? No. Whoa, whoa! I'm not saying. Well, I I shouldn't have said. Do we? Are we sure the Patriots are good? I should have said, are we sure that that they're as good as everyone is making them out to be? That they're this unstoppable force? I don't know that they're an unstoppable force. I do... I don't know how much I believe in the Steelers either, to tell you the truth. Um, well, the Patriots... Big Ben scares the hell out of me, but, but the Steelers are going to have the best player on the field. That's true. I mean, I love, Tom, Facebook I love Tom Brady, but Tom Brady did not play good. The Patriots... Probably played one of their worst games of the season last week. Yeah, sure did. And but and I mean, that's, that's a scary spot for a lot of teams, though, coming off uh, an ang- angry Patriots team at home. So, you know, I mean, I think... <sighs> the thing is, is they do what they need to do you know? to win. I mean, bottom line, always seem to do what they need to do to win the game. Here, and here Here's a little debate. I was... I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean you're you're right. They that that's all they do. They they just win. But I just want to point it out: the quarterbacks they've played this year. They and 
we have questions about their defense, and I don't think those questions have been answered really because Russell Wilson and, and C.J. Prosize, a rookie, exposed them a little bit up in Foxborough, you know, I don't know, six, eight weeks ago, and they haven't really played a decent quarterback since then, so I'm just a little... I'm, granted, the Seahawks offensive line played their absolute best game of the season, and now we've seen it twice. The Patriots coming off a bye have looked a little rusty, so so maybe it's just, you know, the rust knocking it off, but I don't know. I man. also think that they, you know, a weird thing... I think they're very good at self-scouting, and they are yeah. very good at not uh, committing the same fault two yep. weeks in a row. Yep. And so you kind of got to find a new way to beat them every week. Um, because because they, they're going to find a new way to beat you. They look at themselves, and they look at what you're probably what you probably think you should do to them, and they focus on that and hone in on with player. They you know it's a carousel. They got players from all over the place that just come in there. And they just keep winning. Only constant is Tom Brady. And when it comes down to two to two and a half minutes left in this game and the Pats have a chance to win, they have the one guy that you would want. And 80% of the time he goes down the field and scores. Right now, give me Rodgers. But traditionally speaking, yeah, he he's probably the one guy you'd want with, two, with running the two-minute drill with a chance to win or tie, yeah. But right now... Give me Rodgers because that throw is giving me nightmares, like I said. God, that throw. Ugh. Okay, so I've been having this debate with uh, a guy I work with, and uh, who, what what weapons do you like more? Do you like the Steelers' weapons more or the Patriots' weapons more? Got to go with the Steelers, I think. I mean, Le'Veon and Antonio Brown. See, I think you got to go with the Patriots because, because yes, while I love... Le'Veon and Antonio Brown, and they are—they're probably the two best players at their position in the NFL. Well, like I said, uh, Julio skills-wise, but Antonio Brown plays every game. Num- numbers three through eight through ten, really, if we're being honest with ourselves, all play for the Pats. So, I mean, I don't—you know, like what—what what does that mean? And are—are are we sure that? Are we sure that there's such there's such a huge divide between Antonio Brown and Julian Edelman? I don't know. I mean, I mean, not really. Antonio Brown had tw- I mean, twelve to fourteen I mean, touchdowns this year, and that was the one thing that I mean. Edelman was ninety eight catches, eleven hundred yards. He scored three times. Okay, so not so. Remember those ninety eight, eleven hundred. I'm pretty sure Antonio Brown, without looking. Was one hundred six for one hundred six for twelve eighty four and twelve touchdowns. So the big difference is the touchdowns, right? Everything else was, I mean, eight eight less catches and uh, about a hundred less yards. And and Edelman played a quarter of the season without um, Brady. So I don't think there. I, I mean, I. I don't think, obviously, I think Antonio Brown's a much better football player. I just don't think the, the divide is as big as, say, um, m- you know, Martellus Bennett to Jesse James is. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, LeGarrette Blunt is, they they use him, well, they do what the Patriots do and just use him to his strengths. Um, and, look, Le'Veon Bell is overall, I mean, he's a better player. I mean, if the, if the Patriots had Le'Veon Bell, he would... They would do the same thing with him and just have him get into open space and 
if the Patriots had Le'Veon Bell, we would be talking about a 16 and 0 perfect playoffs playoff run. Exactly. And, and so I, I don't think that's an understatement. I, I really don't think that's like an like I'm overstating that. Like no, I think if I mean, what do you I think, think if the Patriots had Tom Jones, Brady was throwing to Antonio Brown and had Le'Veon Bell, Le'Veon Bell behind him, and the Patriots had Legarrette Blunt and Julian Edelman. I mean, I I. The, I mean, I gotta the, say, the Steelers have a Garrett Blunt at one point, and and he got so mad that that he quit and went back to his daddy. Weed, dog. I mean, him, him, him and Le'Veon Bell need to quit smoking. Good call, man. Blunts, dude. It's a good call for Garrett. I mean, I mean, um, yeah, no, he he absolutely knew. He was like, he was like, Le'Veon Bell is is an absolute freak, and I need to go back to my daddy. And daddy took him in, and and uh, he's you know he scored 16 17 rushing touchdowns this year i mean that shit's crazy i think the real x factor is uh is deon lewis and uh let me uh let me ask you a little bit about this bmac have you seen this man named alvin bud dupree oh yeah i am in love we're not the same species no, 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 no. We're definitely not. He's not a human. Not, I think I'm a regular human being. He is not a human. I love Alvin Bud Dupree. He is absolutely tearing it up since he came back off injury. I think he is one of the biggest X factors in this game because we know Brady doesn't really like to be hit that much, and I mean he doesn't like to be hit, and he can't. Uh, he moves around in the pocket as good as anybody in the league, obviously, but he doesn't like to get out of the pocket if he gets out of the pocket he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers time to throw the ball he has Tom Brady time to throw the ball right. which is about half a second yeah. when he gets out of the pocket yeah. because I am faster than Tom Brady 100 it's actually proven 100 percent well I think we're all faster than Tom Brady but uh but the but so that's, so that's what I'm saying so I think I think Deion Lewis will be a major x factor for when the Pats have the ball Bud Dupree when the uh Pats have the ball will also be a major major uh uh, factor for them, but dude, I mean that 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 Chiefs game. Did you see how many open receivers Alex Smith missed? He just he, I mean, he missed a big one to Tyreek Hill down the middle. Um, you know, Kelsey dropped one for a touchdown. Sounds very Alex Smith. I mean, I mean, I mean, Alex Smith had had probably his his worst game ever. I mean, it's just, it, right now it should be Chiefs versus uh, Patriots, but hey, the results are the results. So, who are you taking, Pats or Steelers? I. I'm taking the Pats, man. But but am I going to be surprised? Am I going to be surprised? I mean, I mean, the 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 sexy pick is right now is Pats Packers because everyone everyone wants to see Brady versus Rodgers, but I don't see Atlanta losing. I think Pittsburgh has a better chance to pull the upset only because, and and th- this is what Bill's going to be focusing on all week. Bill and uh and uh, Fat Boy with the beard, uh, Matt Patricia. Um, is taking away Le'Veon Bell, but I'm not sure you can take away Le'Veon Bell because he is just an absolute monster. You take him away in the running game, and he's gonna he's gonna catch seven or eight balls for seventy yards and 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 score on you. So, you know, it's just uh, it's gonna be a fun game. I'm I'm pumped for uh, conference championship Sunday, and uh, hopefully, I, I think no matter who wins these games, we're gonna have a great Super Bowl. And I mean, I'm I'm. I'm a, I'm just delighted that the four remaining teams, the the four quarterbacks. I mean, these four quarterbacks are just uber elite that's my, players. That's my favorite: Roethlisberger versus Brady, Rogers versus Ryan. 
I mean, I just love that. I, I love that. I mean, like, even though, you know, of course, I would like to see my Dallas Cowboys um, playing this weekend, but those four quarterbacks, I, I don't know who you could say this year probably deserved to be in, like, these four teams more, right? Yeah. I mean, I think I mean, when you Cam look down played at the shitty. Game, Carson Palmer played shitty, so, I mean, I really don't know who deserved it more than these four guys. Yeah, when you look at these four teams, I mean – yeah, that kind of looks like what it should be after after you watch those games. It kind of looks like, yeah, that's what it should be. Maybe the Chiefs over the Steelers, I don't know, but kind of looks like Aaron Rodgers is playing out of his mind. So, yeah, get him in there. The, Matt Ryan and the Falcons sure look unstoppable on offense. Put him in the NFC Championship. The Pats are the Pats. And the Steelers are the Steelers. I love it. I love these final four teams. I'm just I'm just concerned about Ben on the road, oh. man. And I, and, I, and I know that that um, what what the Patriots normally do – um, I remember this specifically from the 2015 game against uh, the Texans when DeAndre Hopkins was having his monster season last year. And what they do is they put their number their number two cornerback and a safety, usually Devin McCourty, on the opposing team's number one receiver. Then they put their number one lockdown corner, Malcolm Butler, on the opposing team's number two receiver, and what that does is they're basically saying we're eliminating both sides of the field because we got the we got the double team and we got our best corner against your number two guy. So I think I think it'll be interesting to see if Antonio Brown can um, can find a way to get open. I, I don't think Malcolm Brown will probably will probably shadow him. So I just I don't trust Ben on the road. So I'm going with the Pats. Pats Falcons. Let's make it happen. As Hugh Free says, put the ball down. I'm ready to watch the game. Yeah, oh, I'm I'm definitely ready to watch the game. I I I really think it comes down to how well Pittsburgh can control the ball on offense. BVD like that put the ball down reference. <laughs> I loved it. All right, so yeah, we got into some NBA, some Hall of Fame inductees, a little shinesty shout out, if I will, uh, and got into the NFL. There's really not much left to go on here. Uh, so I don't know about you guys. I'm gonna enjoy myself a nice NFC Championship, uh, and. We'll be coming back around next week. Robo, thanks for coming by. Incredible time. Incredible time for the mic to go out. Just incredible time for the mic to go out. Ten seconds left. Should I fake it? Thanks, Brian. Good for being here. See you next week. Bye. <laughs> that's the best I got. So that's going to do it for us this week here on Hash Sports. Uh, Robo, always a pleasure for having you, uh, having you stop by. Thanks so much. Background BVD, why don't you take us out with a little outro music? I don't know what it's going to be yet, but hit it.